accessing library computer data. Out there, there are no saints. Just people. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. We're continuing our run through Star Trek Deep Space Nine. Right now we're up to the episode called Facets, which is the 25th episode of the third season. Aired on June 12th, 1995, written by Rene Echevarria, directed by Cliff Bowl. In this episode, Jadzia Dax performs the Trill uh, Jantara ritual, which allows her to meet previous Dax hosts. We're joined by Clay. Clay, how are you? I'm good. I'm, uh, I'm glad to see that even in the far, far future when uh, money doesn't really exist anymore because people just, you know, have everything and they don't need to pay for stuff, that uh, writing porno is still a very profitable career. It's the only profitable writing career yeah. that, is, that anyone can think of. <laughs> forget being a, a journalist, forget being like a novelist or anything, but still, there's a, there's a market for pornography writing, um, which is really the highest form of writing that you can actually attain, I think, even here in the future or the present. I mean, you, you do always say that, so it's nice to finally get that on, on tape. <laughs> I mean, it's really layered. You, you think that some of our podcasts are stretching for things, but the uh, pornography writing is all right there for you. Um, yeah, we're going to be talking about Facets, which is another Dax episode. So we're going to take a break. I'm going to play an audio clip. Me and Clay are going to come back, and we're going to break down Facets. What do you mean, borrow our bodies? Well, if you agree to participate, the memories of one of my previous hosts will be temporarily removed from the symbion and imprinted onto you. You essentially become one of my hosts for the duration of the ritual. And how is this accomplished? The memories are transferred telepathically by a guardian. A guardian? They take care of the symbionts. Usually they're unjoined trill. Lita is sort of an amateur sociologist. It comes in handy in my line of work. You never know who you'll meet at the Davo table. You're asking me to hand my body over to some dead person? Only for a few hours. Uh -huh. What happens to me in the meantime? You'll remain conscious of everything that's going on around you. And at any time, you can reassert yourself and regain control of your body. But it's best to relax and let the host's memories emerge. The point is to give Jadzia a chance to interact with her previous hosts. Curzon spoke very fondly of Ijantara. He said it was one of the most powerful experiences of his life. All right, Clay, so it's another Dax episode. She's back. Uh, it feels like they have seven Dax episodes each season. I looked. That's not really true. I think this is her second one that she's had this season. You didn't see the first one, which is called Equilibrium, um, mm -hmm. which was not a good episode. I'll say uh, before I before I just sort of toss it over to you, I think this is, this is maybe the best Dax episode that's happened so far. Um, it's the best... It's the best 15 minutes of a Dax episode that have happened so far. Um, I think that this is a horribly problematic script. But if, if anything, this episode, I think, um, locks down the debate we've been having about what the relationship between the symbiont and the host is. And I think you can 100% agree now or say that the Dax symbiont is essentially just a hard drive that stores memories yeah. of people. And yeah, that's it's, what it seems like. It's weird that the Dax symbiont even has a name to me because it seems like it's not really a person or an entity whatsoever. It's just a storage device for memories. Mm. And so it's funny that they call her Dax all the time. I would just think that they 
Well, let me know what you think about this. Dax is not really the worm inside of her. Dax is the sort of conglomerate effect of all of the memories. Is that? Do you think that's a better way to describe what the Dax character is? Yeah, I could. I, I, I would. I would agree with that. Okay. So I just. I still think that. <clears throat> excuse me. I still think the concept is a little strange because yeah, they do refer to Dax, like when Cisco first meets the current Dax. Uh, she's talking to him as though they are buddies and stuff, which imply, and he responds as though they're buddies, which implies that he's friends with the entity as much as he's friends with Curzon. Yeah. And I don't know, it's just a little, it's a little gray. It doesn't matter. Well, I, I, I think the, I think the, the problem is that they, the way that they call each, the way that they call her Dax implies that the symbiont has kind of overridden things and that the symbiont is like the primary right organism in the combination mm-hmm. and it's not maybe i guess maybe you could go back and look at it and be like they're referring to dax and he's talking about the previous uh all these hosts that have been together but that's not really the case that i was i was getting the way that the language works makes it just imply that the symbiont is the primary thing and the host is secondary and it's clearly the opposite i think that it's um I think either way is acceptable to go for this character, but I'm glad that this episode at least clarifies that the Jedzia is the primary driver of the organism, even though she's yeah. got all these memories and everything. And the the Dax symbiont is really useless; like it, it's not a it's not an entity or it's not a person that you have to think about. Yeah, um, yeah. I was trying to think of a comparison in some other pop culture but i don't think I, they ever do this on buffy the vampire slayer so i don't think they have anything <laughs> i mean <laughs> I was i was thinking of saying yeah it's like in highlander if if uh, everybody referred to duncan mcleod as everybody else that duncan mcleod has ever killed but i don't think that works either so. no no i mean and- you win deep space nine you are unique <laughs> in your singularity <laughs> the only other thing that i think is somewhat close is the um I might just be transposing how I view the uh, the Venom symbiont onto the Dax relationship. Yeah. Uh, where where in the <clears throat> comics for Venom, I think it's much more of a they are two equal halves that have combined yes, to make one yeah. new thing. And I I always just kind of watch this thinking, I'm wondering what the symbiont is doing. And I think we can just abandon that. But we've talked about that enough. What would you think Well, of I was us? just going to uh, say, I think it is actually fairly close to Doctor Who. Uh, because in Doctor Who, the Doctor is a new—he is a new person every time, but he maintains all of the memories of every Doctor. Right. Uh, so it, that's sort of similar. Yeah. But. Okay. I, I'm not too familiar. Obviously, I'm not familiar enough with Doctor Who. They gave me people give me credit or crap for not uh, applauding your Doctor Who stories enough. I think we have we have Doctor Who fans who are. Yeah, like, that's what I need. More encouragement to ramble through Doctor <laughs> Who explanations. What um? What'd you think of facets? Um, this is some weird, uh, workplace sexual assault shit in this episode. <laughs> when, uh, uh, Dax straight up basically grabs Quark by the nutsack, uh, yep. the Ferengi nutsack, and, and, <laughs> and sort of, uh, you know, It's basically like if you, if you started giving a coworker a hand job in a business yeah. meeting, and everyone else is just sitting there going like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, and everyone else is like, "Oh man, <laughs> she played oh, Dax." Yeah, <laughs> it is the um. I didn't notice it when I was younger, but it's so 
obviously a sexual act that is um it's just funny how little everyone else reacts to it in in the presence of seeing it yeah um uh i was gonna say uh the th- i i like this episode um i wasn't expecting to but i thought it was pretty interesting and the thing so much i love like, the last 10 minutes i love the last 15 to 10 10 to 15 minutes of this episode um, yeah the yeah. stuff where, where you get it where they really get into uh the uh uh curzon and jedzia stuff is is pretty interesting and and um curzon and odo kind of liking each other is pretty fun they don't yeah. really get into that too much which would have been interesting like i don't at least i don't remember odo really even getting a scene where he gets to address that afterwards he never like breaks free of the Curzon control, or even like at like they talk Curzon as Odo talks about how you know Odo's totally cool with this. He wants to stay like this forever now, assuming that's true and he's not just lying. There's no scene at the end that I remember. I watched this a couple days ago, um, where Odo explains or or uh, muses on that feeling of. Or, or does he, he does he does he says oh, he, yeah, he enjoyed eating do. Yeah. yeah he enjoyed yeah, my, eating my and drinking. mistake yeah, yeah yeah that's right uh well scratch that but what i was gonna say was um much like uh god damn i can't remember the names of these episodes the last one that we did where they build the ship explorers yes there's no real conflict in this episode and i was watching it thinking if this was a season one episode or arguably a s- episode from any season of uh, TNG. Um, well, let me th- let me let me th- let me throw it at you this way: if this was a season one episode, or a s- an episode from really any season of TNG, what would be the big big structural difference in this episode if it was made previously? If it was made previously in D- in DS Nine, or if it was a TNG style story, is that there would be some kind of there would be conflict about Curzon not wanting to give back control of Odo. See, I don't even think it's that. I think it's once the the, the serial killer gets control of Cisco oh, and chokes sure. out Dax, he escapes, yeah. and then they have to. <laughs> like I was, I was a hundred percent sure that's what was going to happen. As soon as that happened, and he's and first of all, Dax falls for the oldest trick in the book, the old, no, it's it's really me. You can take the force field down now, Dax. Yes. And then she gets, you know, choked out. I was like, yeah, okay, so now this is going to be like a Moriarty situa- situation where he gets out and he's got this crazy person's memories and, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. But they didn't do that. Um, they, they really, really didn't do that because, like, a couple seconds later, he's like, nope, I'm fine. That's over now. Let's move on to the next thing. Um but I'm kind of glad they didn't, because what they ended up doing was more interesting on a character level than whatever bullshit plot about the the serial killer artist or whatever, I don't know, trying to steal Deep Space Nine or some shit, whatever yeah. it would have been. No, that was, um, that was terrible, and that was the... That is the... It's the TNG plot, and I, I think it's just, it's a problem with the episode is fundamentally sort of broken by the fact that it takes a tremendous amount of time for the real story to kick in. And yes. yeah. where what they should have done, I was trying to think of the ways to sort of fix it. What they should have done was either Odo does all of the personalities because he's a shapeshifter, and that allows... Like, oh, that would have been interesting, yeah. So 
Odo could do all of the personalities and you get a montage, or they do what they did here, but you need to montage these early scenes to be no more than three minutes long because there's no reason. Yeah. And then and then at that point, Odo takes the Curzon entity and is that entity for the majority of the episode as opposed to just 15 minutes of it. Yeah, what, what also might have been a nice addition, and I don't know, maybe, maybe this is too complicated, um, was if uh, completing this ritual or whatever, I mean, they do, it is a very important thing. And, um, I mean, it makes sense that Curzon would be the last one because he is the most recent host. Yeah. Um, but it, it would have been kind of interesting if uh, Curzon and Odo being together was somehow stopping the rest of the thing from happening, and they really kind of played, like, the the the, the ritual completing... Uh, Curzon not allowing the ritual to be completed was a little bit more of a plot point. You know what I mean? Like, gotcha. Yeah. She she can't she can't function correctly if if Curzon is is out on his own in Odo's but you know something like that. Yeah. Just they to give it a little bit more like not urgency but like more stakes instead of just I want to know what he thought of me at the cadet program they, or whatever that they kind of do it very lightly i mean well, i guess they don't even because there's one when one of them comes out and they're like well what'll happen if she never gets that memory back and he says well she'll be kind of groggy for a couple of days but then she'll be fine so there isn't really yeah. even any kind of stakes to not getting your personality back yeah it would have been interesting if there was a little bit more meat there um I don't know. I, I get, maybe it's maybe it's unnecessary, but uh, uh, you know, it doesn't need to be like a ticking time bomb. Like, oh, Curzon has to go back, otherwise Dax is gonna, you know, turn into Lenny from Mice and Men or something. Yeah. So, so you mentioned or, uh, that effect. flowers flowers for Algernon, except instead <laughs> of a uh, yeah, except with a a, a a symbiote host being pulled away. So what's funny is that I kind of like this weird low stakes DS Nine storytelling that they've started doing. Um, yeah, it's very it's really nice to not have the ticking time bomb TNG plot every mm-hmm. once in a while and just be like, yep. OK, this is kind of I mean, arguably, my problem with the episode is that the, they kind of feel like they're leaning that way with like the Cisco takeover and stuff. And then it, it just it goes on for five minutes and then you're like, oh, it actually didn't amount to anything. But mm-hmm. I really I really think that it's kind of a well, before we get to the the last like 15 minutes of it. Uh, the first part is fine. I, I find the trill ritual a little bit silly on some level. Like it, it makes mm-hmm. sense, but I still find it kind of goofy that you have to get all seven of your friends together. And I think that would have it would have felt less goofy to me if Odo had done every single one of them. A because he's a shapeshifter, and B because I think Aubergine is by far the most versatile actor of the ensemble. Mm-hmm. Um, and. You know, it's a real mixed bag seeing the other characters pretend to be former hosts. Um, yes. Some of them are okay. Some of them are just kind of campy, and some of them are just terrible. Um, but yeah, it's I I really I was really concerned about the episode for the first half of it because it was not it was not going anywhere. It was a low stakes episode in a way that it's not even about anything outside of mm-hmm. just the characters mm-hmm. get to play dress up. Um, what did you think about the sort of montaginess of the opening thing? Would you have kept that, or would you have altered it somehow? Of the actual uh, um, ritual thing? Of, yeah, of showing every single host for a couple minutes. Yeah, I mean, that stuff is... It's it's fun. 
it's it gives the the actors an excuse to do other stuff. I I totally I get what you're saying about you know uh, it probably being better uh, if it was Abergenois doing the whole thing, and it would also kind of it would also kind of ratchet up the idea of Curzon and Odo not wanting to separate. Yeah. Because, you know, he's made it through X number of other people, and then these guys just click together or whatever. Um, oh, that's true. Right. He doesn't particularly like some of the former hosts, but he really enjoys Curzon's uh, personality or something. Yeah, something like that. That would be kind of fun. Because uh, Cur- well, th- that ties into the Curzon and Odo are very opposite of each other. Like, Odo right. is the sort of tight, buttoned-up one, and Curzon seems to be loosey-goosey. I will say that this interpretation of Curzon is not at all what I would have described Curzon as being a character. Um, I, I really enjoy the fact that Cisco they kind of darken or add shades of gray to Curzon by saying that Cisco basically saying that Curzon could be a real asshole at some times. <laughs> yeah. I like that, but... Based on everything else I've heard about Curzon, he doesn't seem like this sort of like crazy party animal type that that, mm-hmm. that Odo's kind of portraying him <laughs> as. I know that they had to sort of broaden it and sell it a little bit bigger, uh, but and to create conflict with him and Jedzia. But he, I don't know. It doesn't. Maybe that's a weird criticism because we've never really seen Curzon prior to this. But it feels a little bit odd. It's not what I expected. Yeah, I guess I never really thought about it. Um... But yeah, having him be a such a body personality, I guess, I, is not something that I I would have uh, would have thought. Um, I thought it would be more of like a Jedi like mentor to Cisco. Yeah, I guess I guess that sounds right. Yeah, just the well, old hey, man trope. I mean, yeah, I mean, even even in Star Wars, when Ben Kenobi comes back as a ghost, he's noticeably less stressed. <laughs> I just, yeah, it's the um. I think I just get that from the fact that Cisco sort of reverently calls him old man, which mm-hmm. I always took yeah. to mean not just physically an old man, but sort of like an old mentor to me. Right, right. And this is not really what you get. And I'm I'm okay with that. I could kind of say maybe these are supposed to be ghosts who are being like let loose of their chains and they're very happy to sort of be back in the real world. Um, and I think that the... The reason I think that this works, and I th- the reason I think it works as a Trill episode, is beyond the fact that it clarifies to me what the role of the symbiont and the role of the hosts are. It mm-hmm. is a... They don't even really touch on this, but it's a nice way to think about the symbionts thematically as facets, as the episode title is, facets of a individual's personality. That they combine into this one individual unit, but as they show in the episode, when you pick them apart, you can see where things come from. It's almost an, an analog to like genetic history in some ways. Like Dax is surprised that this is why she stands with her hands behind her back and things. And like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a way to see where you came from and a way to see like how your family can kind of make up who you are, because these are basically her ancestors her family members. That explains her surprise when she finds out one of them is like a quarter Native American. And that's all, that's all she talks about after that point. <laughs> Elizabeth Warren shows up to have a guest in that uh, role. <laughs> yeah, I think that the, like, that's a, that's a level of thematic subtlety that the Dax character has not had to this point. And I think that the character only really works if you, I can ignore all the sci-fi shenanigan bullshit if you give me a nice thematic backdrop to put the Dax yeah. character into. And that's all I'm asking for. And I think this episode did that. Yeah, I would agree. Um, I think 
this is a good exploration of of giving her some depth that up to this point I don't think she's really had. Like I mean that thing about the hand crossing uh, or holding the hands behind the back. Yeah, that's that's a great little bit of character building. Um but it's like a shame that it took that to to do it. Like that right. <laughs> that 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 element is more interesting in her uh, is a more interesting facet to her character than anything that they've done with her up to this point. <laughs> and I think that it also the the problem you're always going to run into is that Jedzia being defined by the previous hosts leads you to not care about Jedzia. Like Jedzia herself right, does right. not really exist as a character because she's made up these previous things. I think that the episode does a little bit to flesh that out and she gets her nervousness from this character and she gets her stance from this and she gets her sort of like worry about not being good enough from this character. Um it's just it, it ultimately is Jedzia the blank slate interacting with more interesting personalities of herself. Yeah, and I think the biggest uh, downside or missed opportunity is that after this, is at least from the one episode that I've watched after this, it doesn't really seem to affect her. No. She's brought back whole. She is all yeah. personalities are back, yeah. And I mean, I, I, don't, I don't mean like that in a negative way, but it's like this seems like an event that you would learn from or affect you in some way or make you a wiser person or something. But she just, it's just, it's, I mean, that's the, the problem with, with shows like these is every now and then you get a nice one-off episode where you can kind of really get into the guts of a character. Yeah, but then the next episode, you, that's not what you're doing anymore. So right. you don't write, you just write it like you would normally would. Um, but yeah, it's nice. It's nice that she got this. This is definitely the the most I've enjoyed uh, a Dax episode. I don't know how many Dax specific episodes I've seen. I don't particularly like her character, um, just because I don't think they really do much with her. But this was definitely pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, not just on her end, uh, unless maybe maybe the workplace sexual assault is uh, a little piece of Curzon coming through. Because man. Curzon uh, did some, uh, I hesitate to, to say me too shit to her, but that's basically <laughs> what he did, where he fi- he basically fired her because he, c- he couldn't control his emotions and yes, like, yeah. was in love with her. That's yeah, fucked yeah. up, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, all right, so we'll, we'll, that's the meat of the episode, right? There's nothing else. This is the, their relationship, the Curzon and uh, Jed Zia relationship is like the meat of what's going on here. Uh, it's a disappointing thing that it takes 25 minutes to get to that being the point yeah. of what's going on, or at least getting to the point of uh, Odo playing Curzon. But once they get there, I think that it's a it's a nice DS9 take on a character. Like I, I don't think this is something that TNG would have done to Curzon. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a really dark turn for him. They would have done it to Jordy, though. Right. He's he's a very... Um, he's a character who has been shaded in here as sort of being unlikable on some level. He's kind of an asshole. What he did to Jedzia is borderline Me Too, as you're saying. And he rectified it, but it's still there for them. And the, the relationship, obviously, can't go anywhere because he's dead. But it's uh, it's fairly uncomfortable. The way he, he calls her a little girl all the time. Um, there's this sort of like understanding that it was a sort of an awkward relationship between the two of them. And then it all kind of comes out. I, it, was it too rushed at the end? Or do you think, do you think that that storyline works here? Um, 
problematic aspects aside, yeah, I would say it, it probably works. I don't know if it's rushed, because, like, where do you go from there? You know, like yeah, that's yeah. that's that's the the beat you kind of have to drop has to be the last thing to drop, you know, because like after that, it's like, well, if you drop, let's say they sh they shifted everything up and you drop that beat earlier in the story, like halfway through, what's the rest of it? Just her being mad at him or like, I don't know what the story is uh, after after that beat, other than her being mad but then there being whatever reconciliation they choose to have and like uh, um, closure to the situation. Um, it would, it would have to be that the, the, after that uh, sort of announcement is made, he still doesn't really believe in her at that point, And something happens that changes his mind. And he, in, in a weird way, it would be more about Curzon developing throughout the episode, even though he's dead yeah. than Jedzia developing. And I don't know if that really makes a lot of sense because you want to focus on Jadzia, but I guess you could. I guess you could have a. Th you could have done a thing where I mean, let's say you drop that earlier. Um, you could have done a thing where where Jadzia doesn't want it. Doesn't want him back. Like she's so yeah incensed yep. at the fact that he did something like that to her. Uh, you know, it, it, the usual thing, like the, the Jordy thing where he's like, this is why I did this. It's because I love you. Don't you understand that? And she's like, fuck you, man. I just wanted to be like, friends. No. Yeah, no, I, no, I don't think you understand what I'm saying. I love you. And she's like, no, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, they, she could have, yeah, she could have been like, you know, if I, I had no idea you were such an awful person, I don't even want your memory back or, you know, blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I guess you could have done some stuff, but I... I I, I think I, I agree with you that I, I, I wish they had done more, spent more time with the two of them and with uh, Curzon Odo. But, yeah, I, I think well, the, the, the placement is fairly, works decently well, I guess. So, so what about this? What if they, if they do the montage of the previous hosts and it's, very, it's over in five minutes, Odo becomes Curzon and Odo is Curzon for the majority of the episode. The reveal of the Dax relationship is at the end but Cisco gets more of a chance to talk to Curzon as Odo, uh, which yeah. which here strikes me as it's it's not a Cisco story, so Cisco doesn't have a lot of interaction. But Cisco is basically meeting his old best friend, and he doesn't have a lot to say with him. About, right. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. it's kind of like a handshake and like, hey, I'll see you later, buddy. Like I feel you could have dovetailed a Cisco. Cisco also coming to terms with Curzon and not just yes, telling Dax yeah. about it, and I think that yeah. would have worked. Or I mean, you could even, and you know, not that we spend the next twenty five minutes rewriting this episode, but uh, uh, you could even have, you know, uh, Jedzia and Curzon at odds the way they are, um, or or you know, Curzon uh, pushing her away, and then he gets a scene with Cisco where they talk, and then he tells Cisco what he did. Right. And, like you know, because Cisco is usually the sounding board for these types of things. Or it tends to be anyway. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I think I think it, they, it's a missed opportunity to have, to not have uh, um, Cisco get more time with Curzon. Because I think that could have been, could have been interesting for, from a few, few different angles. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, um, it's something that they could have delved in. There, there should have just been another issue to clarify or to help Cisco deal with the Dax situation. Uh, the Jed Zia. What would have been really fun, and again, maybe they did do this and I just can't remember. Uh, <laughs> they should have had Odo become Curzon at some point. 
No, I was going to say they should have had Odo have to do, like, some of his uh, constabulatory if, duties mm-hmm. uh, as Curzon. Yeah. Did I say yeah. Curzon? As, you know what I mean. Like, as Odo as Curzon having to still go to work. Right, to be and the so, security like, chief. Yeah. Yeah, so you have him, like, uh, you know, doing the thing. I guess they did it a little bit with when he goes and he gives Quark a hard time. But it would be kind of fun for him to, like go off and, and have to answer some sort of constable call. And he's he's Curzon, so his demeanor is a lot different, and everyone's like, what the hell's going on with this guy? Yeah, they do they do a little bit with Quark, because Quark can't quite believe his eyes as to what he's seeing, because uh, he, he grabs him and kisses him on the head and yeah, calls him a again, magnificent scoundrel. Yeah, again, sexual harassment. I yep. think it's all just Curzon. Curzon's of a different generation. He is uh, of the It was okay generation. back then, you know, when he was a young guy. That's just how people acted towards Ferengi and, you know, women. Yeah. Just grab your coworker, give him a hand job in front of the rest of the thing, and then go on your day to your bar, kiss the bartender right on the head. And then fire them because you're in love with them and you can't handle yourself. <laughs> I mean, I like the I like the last ten minutes because as I've mentioned before, it's rare that a Star Trek episode um sort of emotionally hits me hits me on some kind of emotional level. Not that I start bawling, but like it's rare that the episode makes me go like, Oh, that's that's a nice Nice scene there between these two, and the is end that of- is that the breadth of your emotional capabilities? <laughs> the ending when, scene here- when your child was born, did you go? Oh, well, that's nice. I was like, wow, they put him on the, on a little <laughs> heating lamp. I was very impressed by the sort of technical aspects. It's like, wow, I bet he's kind of cold. He's not anymore. Um, Overall, but- I really thought that experience was good, but the second act of it needed a little work. <laughs> <laughs> I was rewriting the birthing scene as we were going along. It was it was not up to my not up to my standard. I think that like and I can't explain why it really happens. It doesn't always have to do with the quality of the narrative or anything. Like yeah. this one feels a little bit out of place, but I think those two I think Terry Farrell does a good job playing off of it. I think Aubergenois is a good actor. It just it 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 hit me as a emotional story beat that felt emotionally true even if it wasn't really deserved like if the plotting wasn't that great to get to that point i was really happy that they got to that point anyway yeah and even yeah. if you say it doesn't amount to anything it's rare that a star trek episode makes me um be like oh, like oh that was touching or whatever I'm, I'm viewing it as opposed to more of a okay the episode's over and everything wrapped up nicely and i think this episode right. does that right yeah yeah and i was just thinking um as far as the uh the cisco killer thing I think the reason that that stuck out so much to me is because, you know, like you said, it takes them a long time to get to the Curzon thing. And the Cisco thing was 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 kind of in the pocket of where that should have happened, like time wise. You know, right. Yeah. Uh, at it's that after point the in the first story. commercial break, basically. Is right. That, yeah. Right. That point in the story, you figure, OK, this is what we're really getting into at this point. Um, yeah. It's weird that they, they waited so long to do it. I mean, the, the other way to do it is that. Um, if if you wanted to do that uh, serial killer thing, it would have been Odo would have become that character and escaped. You know what I mean? Because yep. as mm-hmm. as we're gonna learn in the next episode, the changelings when they are on the loose can kind of be a havoc to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and that would have been the way to. I I, I would have been found that much less satisfying. I think mostly because that's just kind of a stock adventure thing i think it's more important to get dax's uh grounded as a character but 
Avery Brooks as that character didn't really work for me. I don't know if Robert John Wall would have, plus the changeling shapeshifting abilities would have added anything to it. Yeah, he's, you know, I like him, but there's just something about Brooks. His st- yeah, there's yeah. something about his style that's just so strange. They had to. I don't know if it's a theater thing or what, or, like, but his movements and his, like, his actions are just very, lots of uh, affect to them. He, you know? It's not just theater. He, he, I was reading about him. He's also, he did opera. He strikes me more as operatic okay. than theatrical. Interesting. Sometimes. Like, he was, he's a singer? A singer, I think, yeah. No kidding. Wow. So, I, <laughs> they, had I, to, they had to go one step further down the theatrical hole than Patrick Stewart, so they got an <laughs> opera singer to play a captain. <laughs> We're going to need uh, Cisco's Italian as a backdrop. But I think that the... Uh, Brooks is funny to me. Like, he... He does some things really well, and then other things I'm just like, please stop doing whatever you're doing. Uh, I kind of felt that way about the serial killer taking over the body scene. Apparently, that had to be totally reshot because what he gave them in the first time was unusable. Um, <laughs> and so, I wonder how. Uh, they, they were saying that his, his voice was just like this sort of incoherent whispering. It was sort of more uh, deranged. I guess. Oh, uh, like Hannibal Lecter kind yeah, of Yeah, very Hannibal lecter And I think that's, like, there's no way to not draw that comparison from the way that they shoot that where he's in the prison cell and everything. Wait, um, did, you, did they have to reshoot it because of that moment where they pushed in and he revealed that he was actually Khan? <laughs> there's that, too. Even though everybody watching the episode knew that he was Khan. He kept referencing... Much as the producers um, tried to convince you that it wasn't Khan, everybody knew that he was. <laughs> What's the... What's the character in Silence of the Lamb who jerks off on Jodie Foster when she's walking? Meeks or oh, something? Oh, uh, Migs. 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 Yeah, yeah multiple Migs. Migs. He, kept, he kept referencing Migs and like, uh, Avery, there is no Migs in this scene. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I, I, I think we've talked. There's not a lot to the episode. I just really kind of enjoy it. And I, it's funny how little impact the story is going to have on things, but it's nice to just have the episode um, be by itself. I'm, I'm just in a... It's just odd that DS9 is doing these kind of stories now. These very quiet, not a lot of conflict, but when it's over, you kind of feel that the characters have learned something by it. Mm. Uh, I don't mind it. I don't mind it whatsoever. Uh, but let's take a break. We're going to play an audio clip. We'll come back. We'll give our final thoughts, read some patron thoughts, and then call it a day. But you'll get over it. Trust me, it's better this way. For you, maybe. You're both living out a life you never could have had otherwise. But it's my life you're living. Those should be my memories. Not anymore. Maybe they never should have been. That's where you're wrong. I earned the right to be joined. I am the only person in our planet's history who was ever readmitted to the initiate program after being washed out. The only reason you got back in was because I felt sorry for you. Curzon was famous for rejecting initiates. Why feel sorry for me? Now don't you use that tone of voice with me, little girl. You can't intimidate me, Curzon. And I'm not a little girl anymore. All right, Clay. So, patron thoughts here. We are up to patron thoughts for facets. Uh, if you guys support the show on patreon.com slash the Penske file, you leave a couple dollars a month. You get to leave your feedback about upcoming episodes or your thoughts about upcoming episodes. We'll read them on the podcast. So, Stephen Cobb says facets. So, if you're a joint trill, you could transfer your consciousness into another body and stay there. Why are more Trills not doing this? It seems like a way to be immortal to me. Yet another dive into Trill culture that leaves me with more questions than answers. So weird Avery Brooks' acting choices continue with Joran. Not a bad performance at all, works perfectly well, just not very unique. 
I bring this up because the episode offers a chance to see the regular actors play a different person so we get an idea of their acting chops. And maybe some of them were limited by the writing, maybe not. Their performances as one of Dax's prior hosts are ranked, in my opinion, Odo and Kira lead the pack, followed by O'Brien, then Sisko, and finally Bashir, Quirk, and Lee the last. The latter mostly suffering from no character development. I, uh, I am curious. I, I assume they probably don't have the time to do this, uh, show, shooting a weekly television show. But I was wondering if maybe all of those personalities, they just left it up to the, art, to the actor. Uh, in some form like the like the the actions that are in the script obviously like the hand thing and the biting the nails but like i wouldn't i i it would be it would be kind of fun if they were just like yeah so just make something up right yeah and just probably they probably didn't do that but (laughs) well i mean mean, some of the choices are odd uh he ranked them here odo and kira lead followed by brian oh yeah o'brien's was weird because it made me just think of why does the personality not sound like O'Brien's voice, kind of. Like, he's in O'Brien's mm-hmm. body. I feel like that, that was distracting to me. Cisco was fine. Bashir didn't do anything. Quark's was just a one-note joke, which was maybe effective, maybe not. Um, it would be funny if one of them was just normal. It was just like, <laughs> who are you? It's like, I'm Chris. I'm, I'm body number three. What's going on? Uh, you know, I worked for the state. Um, <laughs> Got a pension. Yeah. I take the train to work, and, you know, I live alone. I drink a lot of soda. It was the, the Trill host who just really didn't accomplish much whatsoever. A lot of them were... One day I hope to have a pool. A lot of them were uh, solving theorems and doing things, and Chris was just kind of just kind of working the 9 to 5. Um, I play the saxophone, but not well. <laughs> Holly McLaughlin writes, Facets, this is a favorite. I love getting to meet the previous hosts and a deeper idea of what life is like for Join Trills. Especially enjoyed Avery Brooks's performance as Joran in the conflict when Odo and Curzon briefly considered remaining joined. We'll get some split opinions about uh, Avery Brooks, I suppose, here. Matthew Ross says, Facets, when I started to play this, I yelled, oh, God, no. And then we were into this. And then we were into this. Clay should also be saying, F this episode. Clay, are people predicting your, your takes on episodes? Don't properly? tell me what to think. Who was this? <laughs> Who said this? This is Matt Ross. I don't know because I wasn't paying attention because fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> He's b- ban him from everything. How many more damn multi-personality bullshit episodes are left? Anyway, they really have no idea what to do with Dex. So we have this ex- acting exercise. From fuck Carousel- this episode. What do you think this episode thinks about you, Matt? Give <laughs> think about that for a second. <laughs> From Kira's old lady routine to the quirk woman, it's all meaningless since the host can turn off their influence of the implanted personalities. They can't even make Cisco attempt to permanently be Joran. You get to go, but you get to do a woo. A light combination of the themes of the TOS episode of Return to Tomorrow and the TNG episode Power Play. Uh, yeah, sort of. And now we know what Oda looks like with a perm and a creepy smile. How much more whining about Curzon must we endure? And luckily, these personalities can bond with founders. This episode is just another example of a collection of acting against type. Curzon in love with Jadzia. Self-love euphemism. At least Odo and Curzon orders two Tranyas. Glad they're still beginning drunk, because I need a bunch after this episode. You don't have a heart? Was You prefer, You just want guns? Is that what you want? <laughs> it's like guns blazing every episode. It's flying starships into each other. Crashing. Shirts, yeah. shirts open. No, I, I playing disagree. Playing the saxophone, but not well. I I like this episode. I'm not going to say this is a great episode or anything, but no. this is a this is a perfectly serviceable um, little forty minutes. I think. Kyle, you know, Kyle, uh, yeah, go ahead. So I was just going to say, um, it's interesting. the The last two episodes f- for the season 
are fascinating to me because they are very, for the most part, uh, cheap. And I assume that has to do with all the money they spent on the two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but it's it's interesting watching these old shows and getting to the end of the season. And it's like, well, you kind of did your episodes that should have been your season finale, but you still got three episodes left. So they're all just going to be like people talking in a singular room, more or less. Yeah. yeah. Um, and they they make it work. So I think I think for this one, you know, it's 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 a good opportunity to do an episode like this. And I, I, I like it when they, when they get to explore the characters a little bit. Yes, I, I'd agree. And it, it is funny how they sort of just ran out of money at a while. And, and it hasn't been bad. I'm not going to say all these episodes have been great, but they've been, they've been, they've been watchable uh, without too many problems, I guess, which is a good place for the show's writing to be. Cal Barrett says, Facets, I really like this episode. It's just that the episode starts about 30 minutes in. All the stuff with Odo and Curzon is great, but it should have started much earlier in the episode and had more of a focus on Odo and why he wants to stay joined with Curzon rather than just the other way around. There you go, Clay. The episode once again shows that even in an episode focused on Dax, Dax is overshadowed by just about every other character. No uh, no real B-plot in this episode, huh? Uh, the ROM is... That's this one, isn't it? It's Oh, uh, shit. Nog, I completely, yeah, I completely forgot about that. We, I, we didn't talk about it, but there's not really... You you see, uh, Rom and Quark fight is maybe the point of that uh, yeah. storyline, but it's not really. It's another thing. It just kind of fades into the background. It's nice to see, but it's not really. There's no conflict there to talk about. Yeah. Wow, that just completely flew out of my mind. Yeah. <laughs> he gets. I mean, I like the ending of Rom or and uh, Rom being sort of like overly enthusiastic about showing off his son in the uniform that he made mm-hmm, for him. Mm-hmm. Um, that's kind of that's charming. I do. I do really like what they're doing with Rom and his son compared to Quark. Because it's it's nice that it's not just Rom. I'm sorry, not just the son. Yeah, Nog. Who wants to be in... Uh, it's not just Nog who wants to be in Starfleet. Like, his his father is, like, genuinely trying to support him and be happy and, you know, is proud of what he's doing. I really like that. Yeah, they've they've set up Rom as a Ferengi who... He falls into the trope of the other characters. He's, he's a Ferengi who's not good at being a Ferengi. So he's yeah. happy when Nog is doing something else. Um, and Quark is the sort of family flag bearer who feels the need to sort of cling to Ferengi traditions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, they get into a conflict here. It's not overly tro- uh, troubled or anything. It's just kind of simple, and then it wraps up, and everything goes on with, uh, with the way. Chad Wiley says, Fast, it's probably my favorite thing about this episode is how you get to see which actors on a show have good range and which don't. No surprise, Rene Aubergenois ends up being the star. He's great to watch as the Odo Curzon hybrid. Shame the episode. The rest of the episode is fairly bland. Yeah. Um, thank you, patrons, for writing in. Uh, that's patreon.com slash the Penske file. Except Matt. <laughs> send, it, send it back. Yeah, Matt, you can't, uh, you can't dislike just such a nice, pleasant episode. How about, how about next time you just send me an email and you tell me what I should say, and then I will say it, and then, you know, we can all be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Clay, what are you going to give this one on our one to five scale? I'm going to give it a five, just to spite him. Wow, strong. No, that's not true. Uh, it's a three. It's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a- <laughs> my, you know, my, uh, my, my mid level, mid level rating still holds uh, for for the m- last handful that I've watched. Yes, yeah. Which is not to say that they're bad. It is a different no, thing. No, not at all. Uh, I, I will also give it a three. I think that this is a three of an episode, but it's interesting. I, I like I 
I did not mind it. I really love the last 10 minutes. I think they're great. If the entire episode had been the caliber of the last 10 minutes, it's easily like a four or five potentially almost. Um, But it doesn't. It has this sort of weird start to it that knocks everything down. I do also want to point out that Quark, his costume in this episode was like a cape away from being some sweet Castlevania cosplay. Oh, yeah. Because he had like those like really nice suit with the the jewel clasp in the middle. He was looking good. I don't know why he was so dressed up. Maybe he always dresses like that. I don't know. I don't pay attention. Maybe the best Odo morph uh, sequence, too, when he changes clothes as Curzon. Oh, yeah. It was very Yeah, that answered a question for me, too, which was, so is the clothes just part of his body? It is, yeah. Everything's part of it. Yes. I feel like like they haven't stuck to that exactly. I I feel like in the past his clothes have been ripped at some point. Uh... Maybe I always I always notice his um when his hair gets knocked out you wouldn't mm-hmm. think that he would maintain having hair does that make sense like I, right. I feel like his hair should not fall apart into follicles when it gets right. must like right. it should um it should just sort of like be a hard helmet on top of his head yeah I mean his general look is sort of like you know N sixty four Goldeneye character yeah yeah so you'd think that all of that was just sort of like one piece I'm glad it's not though because he then he would look like one of those aliens from Galaxy Quest yeah just have like a big black loaf on his head <laughs> <laughs> and no one needs that guys thank you very much for listening uh, we both give this one a three if you want to support the show there's all the social media links Facebook Twitter etc cetera, etc cetera. Discord is there you can join the Discord channel if you want to join the conversation. Uh, patreon.com slash the Penske if you want to support the show a couple dollars a month you get extra stuff extra podcasts always much appreciated and I think that's pretty much it we're going to call it there for a day we're a little bit running short on time but we'll be back in a couple days with The Adversary which is the final episode of the third season of Deep Space Nine so Clay thanks for coming on yeah thanks for having me guys we'll see you next time